professional wrestling is the one true sport. Other sports have their share of intense, dramatic moments, but nothing can compare with professional wrestling. Welcome to Wrestling History X, where two friends get together and talk about the story behind the matches. I'm Matt. And I'm Michael. Welcome to episode 50, Survivor Series 1990. Thanksgiving night tradition. It is the WWF tradition on Thanksgiving night. I know, I feel like it should be the, or maybe it is, the WWF Thanksgiving night tradition. That is what it is. You know what's funny is it is Survivor Series, and if I was going to couch nap, this is a perfect show to, <laughs> to to any not specifically this one, but to any you know of like the previous big the, the, the of the like big four, right? This is the one to couch nap to. Yeah. Though, why would you spend all this money on a pay per view to couch nap through it? Uh, my kids like it. I'm just waiting around for Warrior. I mean, it doesn't take very long to get to Warrior on this one. <laughs> That's very true. You get to see Hogan twice? I don't know. So Survivor Series... I'm a wrestling 19- fan, man. That's why. Okay. Survivor Series 1990 is the fourth annual Survivor Series produced by the WWF. It took place on Thanksgiving Day, November 22nd, 1990. At the Hartford Civic Center in Hartford, Connecticut. Is that a... That's, that's always been home base, right? Connecticut? It's one Stanford, of their, but I don't know. You know, Connecticut is not very big, so... I don't know how close it is to Stanford. I'm sure it's pretty close. I'd imagine so. Probably is. It also, it's like, oh, that kind of makes sense. Hometown. Exactly. They can just go, uh, you know, go home afterwards. The attendance for the show was 16,000 people. Yo, that's a lot of people. That is a lot of people. That's double what Halloween Havoc did. Yeah. There's probably double the amount of uh, workers on this show. Pretty close. <laughs> Pretty close. <laughs> so, you know. So other things that happened around Thanksgiving of 1990? Mm-hmm. Dances with Wolves and Predator 2 Whew. were released the same weekend. Oh, that's why Predator 2 tanked so hard. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm a Predator 2 uh, defender. I know. I know you love the Predator 2. That's... like. It's not better than Predator. Or but all pre- the Predator movies, technically. Not, not, not all of them, but you know what I'm saying. I mean, Predator 1 and 2 are, are great. Predator is obviously better than Predator 2. Predator 2 is a special fun movie. Because it's a movie that comes out in, like, 1990, but it takes place in the future that's, like, 1997. <laughs> and obviously so in the future, the future, there's a lot of gangs in L.A., and Danny Glover wears pleated pants. So those both came true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. But yeah, I do love Predator 2. Dances with Wolves is was like that was like the Oscar movie of that year. Yeah. That I, was like it was a best picture nominee. I don't remember if it won or not. Dances it's there's like Dances with Wolves and like Last of the Mohicans are these like big like white guys doing Native American shit movies. Yes. Uh they like were really really big and they're both pretty watchable. Dances is very rewatchable. Yeah. It's, it's a good movie. I recently... It's long, yeah. but it's good. I recently watched Last of the Mohicans because uh, it's a Michael Mann movie, which is weird, but I watched a lot of Michael that Mann movies. Weird. Yeah. It makes that. no sense that it's a Michael Mann movie. But... Or wait, is it Michael Mann or is it somebody else? It's not Jonathan Demme. I'll look it up. Okay. I think it's Michael Mann. But it's a weird one for Michael Mann to have done. I mean, Dancing with Wolves, obviously, is a Kevin Costner cut. 
Are you a Dances with Wolves or a Waterworld kind of guy? I have never seen Waterworld. I own a, a giant Waterworld box set. You can borrow it if you want. It's just never been something that... It is a Michael Mann movie. You're okay, right. okay. Uh, Waterworld is not good, but it's basically Road Warrior, but on the water. And when I was a kid, I hadn't seen Road Warrior, but I remember watching Waterworld for the first time, and uh, in the first five minutes of Waterworld, Kevin Costner's on, like, on a raft, mm-hmm. and he has this crazy like glass thing, and he pees into it, and it filters his pee to make it drinkable, and then he drinks his own pee, because he's like on a bunch of salt water, because it's course. in the future. And uh, as soon as that happened, I was like, this is the best movie on the planet. When I was like seven or eight, I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. Because I'm an immature piece of shit. was like, he's drinking his own piss to survive. This is the best thing I've ever seen in my life. And it's a very interesting movie. And uh, you should watch it twice. I may, also, watch, it. I may watch it once. <laughs> it also has one of the worst uh, like pieces of CGI I've seen outside of the like monkey thing from Lost in Space. There was something in, Mon- in Lost in Space other than Lacey Chabert? Oh, yeah, her little monkey friend. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. You should probably cut that. <laughs> also, Roald Dahl would pass away the next day from <gasps> cancer. Oh, man. For those who don't know who Roald Dahl is. I always said Roald, but you're probably right. I, technically, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, the writer of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Matilda, James and the Giant Peach... I didn't realize that he had written Fantastic Mr. Fox. Oh, yeah. I didn't I mean, know that one until I was doing this. And then I knew BFG, but but he also wrote the screenplays for Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Weird. And You Only Live Twice. Is that the only James, James Bond? That's like everybody's least favorite James Bond movie, but my favorite, right? Probably. Because like, I don't like James Bond, so like the wacky stuff was where I'm at, and that movie yeah. is hella wacky. But both Chitty Chitty Bang Bang and I've seen You Only Live Twice are... Ian Fleming books, but he wrote the screenplay. Oh, weird. Huh. I didn't know. What is Ian Fleming doing writing Gigi Gigi Bang Bang? Trying to... Two sides not, of the coin. Trying not to write James Bond, I guess? Yeah. Yeah. I've only read one of the Roald Dahl books, but I've seen all... Almost... I've seen all of these movies named with the exception... I didn't see the BFG movie, but the one book I have read of his is the BFG book, and that book is incredible. The movie, like, I was just like, ah, I don't think I need this. It just didn't look very visually interesting. Spielberg movie? I don't know. It could have been. Spielberg's one of those guys that's just been around for so long and made so many movies. It's hard to, like... He can literally do whatever he wants. Well, it's just hard to be, like, a Spielberg... blank blank check? check? Yeah. It's hard to be a Spielberg guy because you can have, like, uh, be like, oh, I'm a Spielberg guy for this run, but he's not a guy that's only made good movies. No, that's not. Yeah, yeah. Are, are and like the BFG, if whether he did that or not, I remember seeing the trailer and be like, "Oh, I love that book," and then being like, "I'm just not interested in this." I loved Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the book. Yeah, I love Willy Wonka, the movie. <laughs> Don't fuck with that Tim Burton shit. Tim Burton, it's it more, it's more faithful to the book. It doesn't I mean will, it. I will give it that. That's fine, but it's still not a good movie. The tone is just so bad and off, yeah. and it looks like shit. Let's go ahead and get to the show. Yep, that was a, a long one, but I think it was a good one. Watch Waterworld. And Dances with Wolves. And, and, bold, any, and, 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 and anything that Dahl was involved really, in. Really, honestly, uh, Costner had a killer 90s. He did. 
But we see the logo for Survivor Series on the screen with Vince McMahon narration going over the team. Vince for each McMahon match. Y- y- yellow Nation. Oh, his yell is so good for these. Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> and I think Dusty's picture got scared because he has a crazy face here in his picture. Yeah. And DiBiase has a mystery partner on his team. Bum bum bum. Wonder who it could be? I think that it's probably Black Scorpion. It might be. Gorilla Monsoon and Rowdy Roddy Piper welcome My us to the show. Heart swells for Gorilla. I know it does. You're so happy he's back, dude. I seriously like almost teared up when he came back. There's like ten exclamation points here in my notes because I was like, oh, "He's back!" I'm tearing up now just because I love him so much. And Roddy Piper, I think Roddy's pretty fun with Gorilla. Like we said last WWF show, Roddy's not bad. No, he's just not Jesse. Not Jesse, basically. Yeah, that's that's the problem. He's a he's a. Would you say he's better behind commentator table than Heenan? Which is weird and hard to say. No. But like Heenan is great on the microphone. But when Heenan, when we've seen Heenan like sit in for matches, it's always like too much. Well, so far the only time Heenan is set set at the announce table, he's been there to, to basically yeah, put to over the his yeah. his family. That's true, and it interferes in what they're trying to actually do and so it takes yeah. away but i haven't seen but him. once he moves into uh, that spot it's gonna you're, you're going to uh, love uh, i'm sure that i will i already love Heenan. i'm just basing this off of what we've already seen uh but we've got gorilla we got piper and we have the egg first of all gorilla lets us know there's going to be a grand finale match so all oh, the yeah. surviving team members will participate until there's only one team left which kind of tripped me out like Three like halfway into this show because I was like, wait, there's still like a bunch of time left because <laughs> I don't. I was like, wait, what? I didn't catch the gimmick. And then Gorilla also tells us about this humongous rhinoceros Rex egg. Rhinoceros X is that what, what he calls that, it? That's what he literally uh, said. Rhinoceros and it's X hatch. Rhinoceros Survivor Series X is the villain from Super Speed Racer. Rhinoceros Rex. Rhinoceros Rex. It's hard to say. Yeah. He lets us know that the pay-per-view is being beamed to the Armed Forces Network as our yeah. men and women are overseas fighting the good fight. It's, uh, I think, Desert Shield at this point. Still Desert Shield. I thought it was Storm, but it's Shield. And then Piper tells, uh, says, Saddam Hussein, we're charging you double. Yes. Making you pay through the nose. Very funny. Mean Jeans then in the back with the Warriors... And everyone's screaming into the mic that they're going to take the perfect team down. Mm-hmm. Animal says, little warriors, little tornadoes, and little doomers. I was like... Little doomers. Little doomers. <laughs> it's like very funny. And then Ultimate Warrior gets the mic. Oh, you got this? I got it right here. I was like... <sighs> All right. Winning. Nothing can do with anything goes to perfectness. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I have asked all the skeletons. They have already made their sacrifice to follow me. And these three warriors, the Legion of Doom and the Texas Tornado, into this battle. Whether to walk farther than all of the rest or to stay behind and make a sacrifice. You can't make two sacrifices. It makes no difference, Mr. <laughs> Perfect and Demolition. For us, the ultimate warrior, I, I surround us in this force field. 
and we have become one. We have formed a bond like no other, and no one can break what we have created. created. There is no poison, no creation, and no no medicine to cure what we have. You, Mr. Perfect in Demolition, will not survive. Your warrior is getting good. I okay. I like this. I have asked all the skeletons, and they have already made their sacrifice to follow me. So like, he asked the skeletons to follow him, but they were like, "Oh, nah, dog. We are we're already skeletons. We already sacrificed ourselves. We got you." Is that what he said? Because <laughs> I think that is the funniest shit ever. <laughs> I have no clue. <laughs> I mean, this was one of those promos where I was like, oh, this isn't as good of a warrior promo, but maybe I just couldn't hear it. I didn't put the closed caption on, but I'm glad you did because it was good. And your warrior is getting good. So we're off to our first match. We have the perfect team of Demolition, of mm-hmm. Axe, Smash, and Crush. Crush. And Mr. Perfect with Mr. Fuji and Bobby the Brain Heenan versus the Warriors of Texas Tornado, Kerry Von Eric, mm-hmm. the Legion of Doom of Hawk and Animal, and the, the Ultimate Warrior. Match gets going. Animal attacks Smash to get it started, pummeling him with right hands, clubbing forearms, throwing him into a right hand by Hawk, and is then ping-pong punched by the Warriors. Uh, ping-pong punched. Animal with the Irish whip, but ducks his head, allowing Smash to hit a shot to the side of the head followed by a snap suplex and throwing him into boots by Perfect and Crush. Mr. Perfect's chopping away, quick tags by the Perfect team, but Animal hits a power slam on Smash, followed by an atomic drop on Mr. Perfect, which sends him into an inverted atomic drop by Hawk and a clothesline by Warrior. Animal hits an inverted atomic drop on Smash, Tornado with right hands, but is taken to the Perfect corner for Axe to be tagged in. Axe is pounding away on Tornado, Irish Whip, but is reversed, and Von Eric locks on the claw. But Smash comes in to break up the hold. Warrior is tagged in, running the ropes, ducks a clothesline and hits a shoulder block. Ducks another clothesline, a flying shoulder tackle this time, followed by the Warrior Splash for the pin. And Axe is eliminated. Uh, That was the Axe. Where's the Smasher? Smash, Crush, and Mr. (laughs) Perfect all rush the ring. Demolition gets taken down with body slams by the Warrior. Perfect is thrown out of the ring, but Crush comes back with a clothesline to take the Warrior down. Backbreaker by Smash. Crush with the top rope knee drop for a near fall on Warrior. Crush with the Irish Whip charges in, but Warrior gets his boot up and charges out with a clothesline. Hawk and Perfect in. Perfect's throwing some punches, but Hawk just catches them to block. Picks Perfect up with a double choke, a clothesline, and goes for an Irish whip. Perfect tries to reverse it, but loses his footing to send him into the turnbuckle. Another Irish whip by Hawk. Charges in this time, but Perfect moves, sending Hawk shoulder first into the ring post. Posted! Demolition starts pounding on Hawk. Crush with the backbreaker, but Hawk starts firing back on Smash, but is taken down with a drop toe hold. Only a drop toe hold? <laughs> it's weird when big guys do drop toe holds to big guys. Smash is tossed to the ropes, ducks a clothesline, but Hawk hits a flying shoulder tackle, 
jumping falling fist and a clothesline. He goes to the top rope to hit a flying clothesline for the pin, but Crush breaks it up. Animal jumps in to start brawling with Crush. Hawk and Smash doing the same. Hawk kicks the ref, who then calls for the bell. Both Legion of Doom and Demolition have been disqualified and eliminated. I understand people being upset about this, but set it up, and at least the ref didn't, you know, he got kicked. Ref's got to do ref stuff. He didn't just eliminate Legion of Doom. Yeah, yeah. Because everybody was in the ring. He didn't have control of the match. Yeah, it's like, hey, like I am understandable. I'm not mad about this. You got LODs showing up. You can't, you know, and you have Demolition, who's been hot for a while. Like, I get what they're trying to do here. LOD then hits a double clothesline on Crush before all four men exit the ring. Warriors in the ring already, but Perfect wants Tornado. But as he tags in, Perfect attacks him. Von Erich turns the tides with a right hand that sends Perfect out to the apron and slingshots him back in before clotheslining him out to the floor. He and Imperfect are trying to regroup when Warrior comes around to give them a double noggin knocker before rolling Perfect in. He then hits the brain and tosses him over the guardrail. I was going to say, wait a second. This isn't an NWA match. Also, brain's on in the match, so we're good. Oh, it's a guardrail. I'm sorry. Tornado with the Irish whip charges in, but again Perfect moves, and Von Erich goes shoulder first into the ring post. Perfect hits a knee lift, slams Tornado's head into the turnbuckle, and hits the Perfect Plex for the pin. Perfect Texas flex. Tornado has been eliminated. Warriors in right away, goes for a splash in the corner, but Perfect moves at the last second and hits the Perfect Plex for the pin, and no, no Warrior kicks out. Firing away with right hands, Perfect then hits a standing drop kick, a clothesline, stomps, but Warrior begins to ultimate up. And firing back with right hands, multiple clotheslines, flying shoulder tackle, the Warrior splash for the pin, and the win. Ultimate Warrior is your survivor. So, he was the only survivor on his team. Only survivor on his team. So he moves on yeah. to the grand finale match. Post-match, Warrior knocks Heenan off the apron with a right hand for good measure. And this would be Axe's last pay-per-view appearance. Aww. The like Warrior knocking Heenan off is kind of like your play NFL Blitz. Yeah. Where like after the play, you could like, like drop him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, it's already over. It's like, ah. Whatever, I'm going to like jump. So what the hell is Bobby Heenan going to do to you now, Warrior? Sean Mooney's in the back with the Million Dollar Team, and Mooney mentions that DiBiase's mystery partner still seems to be a mystery, as he's not with him. <laughs> oh, still a mystery. He's not here. And we're off to our second match. We got the dream team of the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, Coco Beware, and the Hart Foundation of Brett Hitman Hart and Jim Anvil Neidhart. Versus the Million Dollar Team of Rhythm and Blues, which is Honky Talk Man and Greg the Hammer Valentine. Still feeling bad for Greg having to do this, because it's not Greg. It's just not Greg, man. It's not. The Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, and that mystery partner, who we still don't know who it is, with Jimmy Hart and Virgil. We're told by Piper that Bret Hart's brother, Dean, had passed away the day before. What do you know about Dean Hart? He... 
was one of the older brothers, passed away from a heart something or other, I believe. He was considered the best looking of the Hart brothers. Oh, okay. But he mostly worked as a ref in Stampede. Oh, really? Huh. So I don't know. Yeah, if, when they said I that, I was know, like, Dean? I, I Who's Dean don't Hart? think he was as into, as into the business as the other Hart brothers. Yeah, basically. yeah. There is a, uh, a thing a little bit before this that Roddy Piper said. Because Roddy Piper has some good lines in it. It says, how to be a survivor. You, need, you just need to be a leftover. Which is a very funny Thanksgiving joke. <laughs> That's all. But because Dean passed away, Brett has dedicated this match in the memory of his brother. Nice. DiBiase's in the ring. He takes the mic and he introduces us to that mystery partner. Oh my god. The mystery partner is led to the ring by Brother Love, weighing in at 320 pounds from Death Valley. I give you the Undertaker. Do that big ass tie and that purple eye makeup. So good. I was not ready for this. Were you ready for this? I had no clue. Yeah. Who knew that the Undertaker and the Egg were on the same show? I know that's crazy. I mean, I know that Brother Love was like the first like manager or whatever, but that doesn't last long. No, it doesn't. But I love that first look, and it's like, oh my god, and it's like the only. Is that like the longest running, like consistent and over character that Vince McMahon has ever put to television? I mean, since the crowd is like literally like, what, what? the fuck? So it felt like he was over. At well, this I mean, point, but I'm just saying, like, he literally is still over 30 years later. Yeah, but like, yeah, it's like he is just bubbling through. He's just—he's the fucking Undertaker. It's hard to explain the Undertaker. Like he's never reaches the highs of like, you know, Hogan or uh, Austin or The Rock, but he's just like the most reliable and like respected by like even people that think that uh, WWF is stupid or the character is stupid. They're just like, oh, like Taker is the Taker is the like the staple. I agree in a weird way. Not in a weird way. It just is what it is. He's just been there. He'll still show up and have a match with uh, Goldberg in Saudi Arabia. I hope not anymore. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I I didn't bring myself to watch that one. It's not good. The dead man starts off with kicks, forearms, misses a clothesline, but then takes Hart down with a choke. Nightheart trying to hit shoulder tackles, but it's not moving the Undertaker. One He's more try, and Anvil is body slammed. Coco goes for a crossbody, but the dead man moves out of the way for Rare to uh, rubber band slam himself. Then the undertaking picks him up for the tombstone pile driver for the pin. Uh, poor, like, Coco, I love you. I know you were just, like, a little too short to probably make it here, and I've loved the time I spent with you, but uh, you were the first guy to take the tombstone pile driver. So, you know, that's something. You're in history, bro. <laughs> yeah. Whether anybody remembers or not. I will, that will be, it, it, I will remember. yeah, that will be imprinted in my mind forever. When someone's like, oh, The Undertaker, I'll be like, you know, first person that took the pile driver on television, Coco Beware. And I'll be like, who's that? And I'm like, you ever seen uh, Beyond the Mat? Chop fest between the hammer and the dream before an elbow to the head by Rhodes. The Heart Foundation continues the attack until Brett Irish whips Valentine and charges into a knee from the hammer. 
Hart's running the ropes. Honky Tonk Man hits a knee. Hitman with a blind tag and reverses an Irish whip. Where Neidhart picks Honky up for a power slam. For, for the, the pin. pin. I like Neidhart getting a win over Honky. That just feels good, right? And Honky Tonk Man is eliminated. Yes, we're fine with that. DiBiase in with chops on the anvil. Goes for an Irish whip, but Neidhart reverses and then hits a clothesline. A body slam and Rhodes is in with mounted punches in the corner. Mounted elbows, baby. That's the only thing Dusty can throw. A drop kick. Teams with the anvil for a double team back elbow. Neidhart with a vertical suplex and goes to run the ropes. But Virgil grabs his foot, allowing DiBiase to hit a clothesline for, for the, the pin. pin. And Jim Neidhart is eliminated. Can you do your gym, uh, gym laugh? <laughs> your gym laugh is pretty decent. Hitman with right hands. Headbutt slams Million Dollar Man's head into a dusty elbow. Rhodes continues the attack with lefts. A dusty roll into the double punch. Yeah, I love I love how much the WWF crowd really appreciates Dusty Rhodes. I don't, it just it warms my heart every time. DiBiase with the eye rake clothesline to take the dream down. Undertaker in with a jumping stomp and right hands. Brett is slammed into the turnbuckle by the dead man and the million-dollar team with quick tags. But Hart fights back with right hands and an atomic drop. Dusty with elbows sends DiBiase into his corner, allowing Undertaker to come back in and attack from behind. He then tosses Rhodes to the ropes and hits a knee to the gut, goes to the top rope for a double axe handle for the pin. Bum, bum, bum. Dusty Rhodes is then thrown over the ropes, and he is eliminated. Like, there's something bizarrely magic about this match. Because everybody is just, like, selling beautifully for everybody. It, like, it just looks fucking great. Hitman comes in swinging. Brother loves stomping on the dream on the outside. Valentine hits a back elbow. Goes for an elbow drop, but heart moves. Dusty has brother love on the outside, and the Undertaker comes to his rescue, beating Rhodes back to the locker room, and the bell rings. Undertaker is counted out and eliminated. He's tied. Tied to Brother Love, or as Roddy Piper said in this match, Blubber Love. Very funny. Hammer with a forearm across the back goes for the figure four, but Hitman cradles him for the pin, and Greg the Hammer Valentine is eliminated. It's kind of crazy that Valentine of the Rhythm and Blues guys was the second one eliminated. But I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm not mad. I'm just surprised. Hart and Million Dollar Man start trading blows. Brett with an atomic drop to send DiBiase over the ropes to the floor. And Hitman with a Pescado onto Million Dollar Man. DiBiase with an eye rake, but Hart throws Million Dollar Man into the ring post and slams his head on the steel steps before rolling him back into the ring. Multiple European uppercuts by Brett, but DiBiase reverses an Irish whip to send Hart hard chest first into the turnbuckle for a near fall. Elbow to the back of the head, chops, Irish whip, but Million Dollar Man can't follow up as he is winded, so Hitman pulls him over into a backslide pin for a two count. Brett is then tossed to the ropes, DiBiase drops to the mat, and Hurt trips over him on his way back, hurting his knee. <gasps> no. But it was all a ruse. Oh my gosh, that was a quick ruse. Hitman goes for the O'Connor roll for the pin, and no! Million Dollar Man kicks out. 
Virgil grabs hold of Brett from the apron, allowing DiBiase to go for a high knee, but Hart escapes and Virgil is knocked to the floor. An inside cradle by Brett for a near fall. Backbreaker goes to the second rope for the elbow drop, a two count. Hitman's tossed the ropes, ducks a clothesline, comes back with a crossbody. Shit. The Million Dollar Man uses the momentum to roll over for the pin. And, and the, the win. win. This would be Honky Tonk Man's last pay-per-view appearance. High fives! Woo! I like the funny stuff when, like, but, you know, Honky Tonk Man too long. Way too long. The last four minutes of this match... Between Heart and Million Dollar Man. Oh. So good. You know what? My biggest kind of problem with just this... The WWF really in general in this time period... I guess, I don't know. Since Million Dollar Man showed up, he never fucking works. He's there, and he's a great heel, but like his work rate is incredible. And I, there's just not enough matches where he actually has a match. And whenever he does... You see this, and you're like, "My God, why can't I see so this good. more often? Why, like, but they, I want to see him giving smosh endings half the time. I want to see him in the NWA go 30 minutes with Flair and have a schmoz ending. I don't care. I just one of those things where it's like, oh, he, it's just so nice to see him work because you look at him, he doesn't look like a monster. He looks like a you know tall, fit guy. Mm-hmm. He looks more like a baseball player than anything else. You never think of DiBiase as this great worker. You think of DiBiase as like this great Mike guy, but like when you see him work, it's never very long. But when you do, it's just like, oh, it's so good. And this, to your point, and this proves it. So good. An ad for the main event four is shown, and it looks like DiBiase and Warrior are gonna face off versus each other the very next night. Yeah, there is one thing when uh, Brett gets pinned. You, there's no microphone on or whatever, but he obviously says, oh, fuck. You can see it right on his fucking lips. It's like, oh, fuck. But a little thing about the main event for, since we're not going to watch that show. We're not? We're not. Okay. Here's a little weird fact about it. All right. The Rockers mm-hmm. of Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels would actually win the tag belts from the Hart Foundation we're not watching on that? that show. That sounds great. Keep listening. Uh, okay. But the second rope broke during the match. So the WWF revoked the title change and didn't air the match. Where's this? So the rope actually broke? The rope actually broke. That's the reasoning they gave for revoking the title change. But rumor and innuendo... Yeah, Shawn Michaels or Marty Jannetty got canned for a little while. Neidhart hadn't re-signed yet. Hmm. So they wanted to take the belt off of him... But then he did re-sign, so they used the rope excuse as a way to not change the title. That's all weird. Backstage politics, guys. I just want to see the match. I think it is on a Shawn Michaels anthology DVD. not official DVD or something? I think it is on an official WWE official type video. I don't remember which one, though. Yeah, I mean, it's Shawn Michaels and, like, Bret Hart, and this is, like... A little before they start to like really fucking eat them. They're up. still tag, yeah, tag guys at this point. I was like, yeah, that last match. I was like, is this the coming art for coming out for Bret Hart? It's very soon. Yeah, very soon for him. Mean Jeans then in the back with the Vipers, and Jake says, "All of us have scars, 
but we are survivors. Mm-hmm. And Scars of time, baby. It looked like one of Jake's eyes was completely white. I think it's a contact because they got stabbed in the eyes, like the gimmick. It was completely white. From a, it was a contact. But the storyline is is that okay, Martel <laughs> didn't mean to bury had blinded him mm-hmm. by spraying his arrogance clone mm-hmm. right into his eyes. It's that's I re- that's things called an atomizer. They say it on the show, and I know that that's a name for something. There's a like an EP by a band I like a lot, and I was like, oh, it's an atomizer. I don't know why that's the real name of it or how it works, but an atomizer seems a little high tech of a name for the thing. It really does. So we're off to our third match of the Visionaries, Rick the Model Martel, Power and Glory of Hercules and Paul Roma. Oh, Paul, poor, poor Herc and Roma. And the Warlord with Slick versus the Vipers of Jake the Snake Roberts, the Rockers of Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels, and Superfly Jimmy Snooker. Yeah, Warlord uh, looks crazy. He's got a cool staff and like the half metal face he's got the uh tony shivani fan of the opera but like in silver but cooler he's got the silver one i do love the change up of rick martell's look yeah he's like i, I don't told, know i told now, you you would start like yeah rick now he's like cool and handsome as opposed to like a guy in a blue sweater it's like what is like he doesn't look like a model he looks like a, he looks like the handsome version of jim Cornette, mama's boy tennis fucking turd and now they're like we're gonna make him cool somebody finally told vince that that wasn't cool and that this is the cool Rick Martel. Warlord starts us off with a clothesline that Janetti ducks, playing a little cat and mouse, but finally corners him and charges in. But Marty leaps to the apron before leaping back in with a drop kick. Goes for more drop kicks, but he's brushed away by the Warlord. That brush away. So nice. Janetti's chased to the apron, but then he slips back in between the legs of the Warlord, starts hitting the rest of the visionaries, when Warlord charges in after him, but Marty moves, causing Hercules to be knocked down off the apron. Janetti then, with a sunset flip, can't quite get the Warlord over, so Michaels is in with a clothesline, but only for uh, two counts. That's that's the good things you can do in a Survivor Series. It's like, oh, there's like a bunch of people on the side. I don't know. I feel like you can kind of get away with like an ass hair more of like the double or triple teaming, and like. A moment like that where it just like puts over the other move as opposed to being like a like planned like stereo spot or whatever mm-hmm. is a it just adds a lot of personality. Sean is tossed into the visionary's corner. Martel starts throwing hands, tries to slam Michael's head into the turnbuckle, but is blocked and reversed. The model tosses and leapfrogs Sean, tries a hip toss, but Michael's flips out of it and hits a hip toss of his own, followed by a drop kick. And a monkey flip. Sean tags in Roberts, who comes in hot for Martell, but the model escapes to the outside. I'd be scared of Roberts anyway, but then that white eye. Dude, that white eye really makes him look incredible. It's like he could have had that from the start and would have been like twice as over, I feel like. Roma tosses and leapfrogs the snake, but Jake turns to hit a right hand to knock Glory down. Snook is in with a double axe handle, but Roma with an eye rake throws a right hand, but Superfly's head is too hard, so Glory's hand is hurt. <laughs> Snook is around the ropes, ducks a Warlord clothesline, and comes back with a crossbody. But the Warlord catches him, hits a body slam, goes for an elbow drop, but Superfly moves and hits a drop kick. 
Warlord with a clubbing forearm across Janetti's back and picks him up into a bear hug. But Marty claps the ears to escape and goes the second rope for a double axe handle. He tries for another, but Warlord catches him and power slams him for the, the pin. pin. And Marty Janetti uh, is eliminated. Marty Janetti is so great in the beginning of this match. I mean, he's great in general, but it's just like, oh, he really just fucking owns the beginning of this. Yeah. Sean's tossed to the ropes, ducks a clothesline, and goes for a sunset flip. But Warlord catches him, but Michaels turns it into a head-scissors takedown. Left jabs from the snake, Warlord reverses an Irish whip, but Roberts bounces out of the corner with a clothesline. Another reversed Irish whip, and Warlord charges into a knee. Snake then follows up with a clothesline to finally knock the Warlord down. Hell yeah. Michaels goes for the cover, but Warlord just presses him off through the ropes to the floor, and as he gets back in the ring, Roma hits an elbow drop. Warlord with a huge back body drop on Sean, Hercules with a clothesline, Martel with a backbreaker, Roma with an Irish whip so hard, Michaels almost does the flare flip. Oh, man. But doesn't quite make it over and falls back into it the looks, ring. It looks so good because it, it like legit looks real. It's like, oh, man. The model Irish whip Sean charges in, but Michaels moves from Martell to go shoulder first into the ring post. Posted. Sean crawls to the corner for the hot tag. Snooker with lefts, rights, chops. Kicks, back body drop on the model, goes for an Irish whip, but is reversed, sending Superfly to the ropes, where he ducks a clothesline, comes back with a flying forearm. Is Snooker, like, if you had to hot tag a guy, that's kind of one of the guys, right? You would think so. (laughs) He's just, yeah. He's so going to fly all over the ring for you. Yeah, he's going to fly all over the place. He looks crazy, and, like, he's one of those... Everything that he throws looks like he throws it. Like, nobody else throws anything like he does. Like, punches, forearms, just like the way he moves. There's not, I don't know. He's got a a whole different vibe. He's old school, man. Yeah, but he's old school with, like, an energy that nobody had old school. It's crazy. Snooka's tossed to the corner where he leaps to the second rope and comes off with a flying crossbody. But Martell uses the momentum and a handful handful of of tights. To roll over on top for, for the, the pin, pin. Uh, Jimmy Superfly Snuka yeah. is eliminated. I love that that spot that we see a lot. A lot of people do it, but the like whipped into the corner, jump to the second rope, turn around for the crossbody. It's good. It's, I love it. Robertson runs in, looks to have the model cornered, but again he escapes. The snakes run in the ropes, hits a knee lift on a ducking Hercules, and grabs him for the DDT. But Herc drops out of the ring to escape. Yes. Lefts and rights on Hercules, but Martell hits a clothesline from the apron to knock Roberts down. Roma with a body slam goes to the top rope for a flying fist, but the snake moves. Michaels with a flying elbow is tossed to the ropes, but Glory ducks his head, allowing Sean to hit a vertical suplex. Yes. Where, and then he goes to the second rope for an elbow drop for a near fall. Roma swings wildly, which Michaels ducks, hits an atomic drop where Glory makes a blind tag to Hercules. But Sean follows with a drop kick on Roma, allowing Herc to hit an elbow drop to the back of his head. Hercules then brings the power with lots of fists, a clothesline, press slam, lifts Michaels to the top rope for the power and Glory to hit the powerplex for the pin. Which one was 
Power plex is the top rope suplex, suplex followed by, by the, the top rope elbow drop. By okay, elbow drop, not a splash, or maybe it's a splash. It's a splash. A splash. Yeah. Elbow drop was the other, uh, yeah. the other, the NWA yeah, the <laughs> power plex, nasty boys thing. Yeah, I was like, ah. So Shawn Michaels is eliminated. The Visionaries are making quick tags, beating on Roberts using their four-on-one advantage. Warlord with a bear hug, but he escapes with right hands. Goes to punch the rest of the Visionaries, but Warlord hits from behind with a double axe handle. The ref is checking on the Visionaries, who got knocked to the floor when the Warlord goes to pick the snake up. But Roberts floats over, hits the DDT, but Martel sneaks in with his atomizer yes to hit, is an atomizer to hit jake in the head roberts Ooh. then goes to his corner grabs damien and starts chasing the model back to the locker room when the bell rings so that means jake and rick martell at uh summerslam wrestlemania wrestlemania i guess is before SummerSlam. who knows we'll see so jake the snake roberts is counted out and eliminated and the entire team of visionaries are your survivors. That's pretty big for uh, the Heel Boys. It it is. This is the first time an entire team has survived a a match. Yeah, that float over and nailed the DDT. That was really good. God damn, that's good. We see an ad for the Royal Rumble 1991. Can you wait? How long can you wait for the Jake the Snake, Rick Martell spot in Royal Rumble before they have a singles match, hopefully, in one of these shows. I you never know. We've had this conversation about Jake the Snake. I <laughs> think that I don't like him. Crazy. I just don't see what everyone likes about him. He's literally two moves. Short arm clothesline and the DDT. If he doesn't hit those, then he's kind of boring to watch. Well, but the... Let's just move on. Okay. Sean Mooney's then <laughs> in the back with the Hulkamaniacs. Duggan has yellow ribbons wrapped around his two by four. For all the troops out there. Exactly. For all the uh, desert boys and girls. They're dedicating this match to the men and women fighting for us in the Middle East. And the Hulkamaniacs volunteer to be some heavy artillery for George Bush. Yeah, I thought that was really funny. It's like, so you, cool. Like, I get that you're like, we're dedicating this match, but it feels really disingenuous, disingenuous when they're like, well, you know, we'll go help you out. It's like y'all ain't going to y'all ain't going to help out. <laughs> like uh, You're not going to fight. Yeah. It's like, yeah, so don't even don't even do that. Just be like, you can dedicate your match. That's fine. You're entertainers. So we get our fourth match of the natural disasters of Earthquake, Dino Bravo, Haku and the Barbarian with Jimmy Hart and Bobby Heenan versus the Hulkamaniacs of Tugboat. First Tugboat. Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Big Boss Man, and Hulk Hogan. Yeah, Barbarian has a crazy, like, weird antlers and, like, a bunch of fur on. It's, it's, he's got a bizarre look when he comes to the ring. Everybody else looks about the same. So there's a little bit of a story behind this match that they don't really go into. Obviously, we have the continuation of the Hogan Earthquake feud. Yeah, that, we know about Tugboat, that we right? Saw that. Or we have not talked about Tugboat. And Tugboat was about part Tugboat. of that because Tugboat kept the Hogan letters coming in. Well, yeah, Tugboat was basically a way for WWF to get people's mailing addresses so they could just, like, spam them for, <laughs> like, advertisement. It's pretty good. But Big Boss Man was feuding with the Heenan family, specifically Rick Rude. Yeah. As Rude and the Brain 
had been making disparaging remarks about his mother. Cops have moms. Exactly. But on the way to Survivor Series... Sorry, he's a corrections officer. Rude was suspended indefinitely by WWF President Jack Tunney, so Haku would replace him in this match. Oh, yeah. I love Haku. Haku does not get the love he deserves. No, he does not. Rick Rude? Pretty great, too, though. I like Rick Rude. I really like Rick Rude. He'll show up again here. After he cleans up, gets his act together? Uh, it was just a contract dispute. Oh, uh, okay. So when he gets a, little, a few more bucks? Yeah. Everybody's in the ring. Haku's holding back Earthquake. Hacksaw's going to start us with a ho Ugh. and a USA. USA. We get like a, USA. We get a Hogan chant too, though, like right off the top. I do like that uh, Roddy Piper lets us know that this is n- this ain't no beauty contest. Because <laughs> Rick Rude's not here. Oh, I gotcha. <laughs> oh, and that's not why he said that, but, you know, obviously... I mean, which there, one there of which no, one of these men is uh, is who's your the best looking man in this, other than Bobby Heaton? Because we're not going to count him. No, no, definitely the best looking. Uh, man. I think, honestly, Haku and Dugan are the most attractive. I think Tugboat's pretty. Are you a Tugboat pretty, guy? Tugboat looking pretty good there. I am not a Tugboat. I mean, he's guy. a big beefy boy, but do you think he's got a handsome face? face? I was only talking about faces. Face. I disagree. I think he's I, better than Duggan. I think Duggan's got an all right Duggan face. Has fucked up teeth, bro. It's been has a screw loose up in the head. He definitely has a screw loose. So the match starts. Haku <laughs> rakes the eyes, slams Duggan's head on the turnbuckle, but then Hacksaw reverses an Irish whip to send Haku to the opposite corner, where he jumps on the second rope, flies off with a crossbody, but Duggan ducks. It's my spot. And hits multiple clotheslines, a back elbow, more clotheslines, and then goes for an elbow drop. But Haku moves. Because Haku knows what the fuck is up. Bravo's in with an atomic drop on Hacksaw. Bar- Barbarian with chops. Haku with a back elbow that sends Duggan right into a tag to Big Boss Man. We get rabbit punches, uppercuts by Boss Man, but gets drop kicked by Haku. Haku then with an Irish whip that is reversed by Big Boss Man, who then hits the Boss Man Slam for the pin. And Haku Boo. is eliminated. You know what my favorite thing about Boss Man is? What is your favorite thing about Boss Man? This is a song I like really like. I really like the song Hard Time. Serving Hard Time is good. Big Boss Man goes to attack Heenan, but Bravo stops him, allowing Barbarian to hit him from behind. Big Boot and a back elbow bomb Barbarian by Big Boss Man. When the brain jumps on the apron, Boss Man goes after him, grabbing him and running Heenan into the ring post. Posted! Don't post Bobby. I mean, if you're going to post anybody, Bobby's kind of the best person to post, but I love him. Big Boss Man goes for a hip toss on Barbarian, but is blocked and reversed into a vertical suplex. Hits a body slam and goes to the second rope for an elbow drop, but Boss Man moves. Barbarian is tossed to the ropes, ducks a clothesline from Hacksaw, and comes back to receive a back body drop. Bravo and Earthquake with a double clothesline on Duggan. Earthquake slams him into the turnbuckle and begins to butt 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 him. him. It's like a butt splash, back splash. But Hacksaw drops down and between his legs to escape. Gets to pick Earthquake up, but a clubbing forearm knocks Duggan down. Hacksaw with shoulder tackles to try and take Quake down. He's only wobbly, so he tries for one more. When Jimmy Hart pulls the top rope to send Duggan over the ropes to the floor. How can you knock an Earthquake down? 
Hacksaw begins chasing Hart around the outside, grabs his 2x4, and Jimmy jumps back in the ring, crawls through Quake's legs with Duggan following. So he just hits Earthquake with a 2x4 multiple times, and, and the, the bell, bell rings. Hacksaw Jim Duggan has been disqualified and eliminated. Yeah, I mean, you know, understandably so. He hit so. someone with a 2x4 in the middle of the ring. Yeah. It's probably going to happen. Totally. Hogan's in with right hands on Quake. Bravo and Barbarian jump in, receiving body slams, eye rakes, and then a body slam on Earthquake. Tosses him to the corner, following with a clothesline. Mounted punches, but Earthquake escapes with a power slam of Hulk. How is Bravo still in this match? Bravo in with multiple jumping elbow drops, picks him up, but Hogan cradles pin- Dino for the pin, and Dino Bravo is eliminated. <laughs> like... Of all the people to cradle pin, it's Dino. <laughs> you could have slammed Does Hogan him? actually have respect for Dino Bravo that I'm like, I'm not going to uh, do any of my big moves on you. Yeah, it's like no... I'm just going to cradle you. Yeah, me. no leg drop, no big boot, like not even a clothesline. Cradle. Is that the only Hogan cradle ever? <laughs> <My goodness. laughs> like in the WWF? Big Boss Man's tossed to the corner by Quake, charges in, but Boss Man moves and goes to the top rope for a crossbody. But Earthquake catches him, when Hulk jumps in the ring and pushes them down so that Big Boss Man is on top for a two count. Shoulder tackles by Boss Man, but again it's only phasing Earthquake. He tries for another and Barbarian gets a knee into Boss Man's back, followed by multiple Earthquake elbow drops for the pin. Big Big Boss Man is eliminated. Who's serving hard time now? Hulk with the big boot, clothesline on Earthquake, knocks Barbarian off the apron, and rams Earthquake into Tugboat's boot. Another clothesline goes to body slam him, but a clubbing forearm stops him for a moment. Hogan with an eye rake goes for the body slam again, but Earthquake falls on top of Hulk for a near fall. Earthquake goes for a splash, but Hogan moves and crawls to his corner for the hot hot tag. (laughs) Tugboat hitting shoulder tackles on Earthquake, Uh. which knocks him back to the ropes. When Hulk then drags him out to the floor. Tugboat falls out where they brawl with each other. And Quake turns and runs Hogan into the ring post. Back first. But then the bell rings. Is Tugboat like the least physical and imposing looking person? He was probably just a big man and they were like, you would be good. And then he can't do anything at all. Yeah, but like he just didn't even have a good look. Like at least boss man like looks like a piece of shit. And, like, Earthquake is legitimately, like, holy crap. But, and, like, Akeem is at least hilarious. But, like, Tugboat looks like, a, looks he's like a fatter version of, like, Wimpy from Popeye. <laughs> Earthquake and Tugboat have been counted out and eliminated. So we have Barbarian and Hogan left. Yeah. Weird for Barbarian. I mean, I wonder who's going to win this. Is WWF making a new star? I mean, they only, probably, only, they've probably. only had one star since we started this show we're 60 episodes into. It's 50, sir. Sir, I'm sorry. Barbarian throws the Hulkster back into the ring and is working over Hogan with power moves, including hitting a pile driver for a two count. Is that the pile driver that looks like booty? Yes. Where Hogan is like, obviously he's like, I'm not taking this. So like he closes his legs fast and like catches his head. Yeah. And they got it on camera like that. Yeah. Because uh, Hulk Hogan is a certified bitch or barbarian. Uh, doesn't know, doesn't how, to know how to work. Yeah. yeah. 
Hulk is tossed to the ropes, but they hit a double clothesline spot, and Barbarian is up first with a big boot. He goes to the top rope with a flying clothesline, but a near fall, and Hogan is hulking up, shaking the head, shaking the fists, finger wag of doom, mm, yes, right hand, big wow. boot, leg drop, yes. pin, and the win. And Hulk Hogan is your survivor. Now I'm going to go to the corner and set myself on fire. Post-match, Heenan jumps in the ring, but the Hulkster has him cornered. With a big right hand, tosses him to the corner for a flare flip to the floor. And then Hogan grabs a sign from the crowd that says Hulk rules and does some posing. You know what I have written right after the word pose? Fuck you, Hulk Hogan. No, it just says yawn. That'll work too. I don't, I can't even be angry anymore. He's still doing some posing. I know, and that's why I'm so tired. We then get an ad for Royal Rumble so, 91 that's so shown strong, again. and I'm so tired. Mean Gene's on the stage area, and he brings out Macho King Randy Savage. And at least here's something we can all get behind. A mean, real man. Mean Gene asks... Working hard. Mean Gene's like, hey, you're only a spectator this year. Savage. I couldn't believe it. If you don't realize I'm a once-and-future world champion, then you're one of the biggest, biggest turkeys. turkeys of all time. Oh, my God. Mean Gene then's like, you let Sherry do all the dirty work by insulting the warrior. So, I guess, leading up to this, Sherry's been going on Brother Love Show and insulting the warrior. And Savage says, Sherry has slapped the ultimate chicken three times. And he's going to be the ultimate loser when I take back my title. Uh, After I prove uh, I'm the best, I may just retire it. You dig it? I, I totally dig it. But Mean Gene asks him if he would, like, why he lets a woman do his dirty work. Like, hey, Mean Gene, you need to back off. It's not a woman. That's sensational, Sherry. <sighs> yeah. She's more than a woman. Nobody, like, seriously. At this point, she's one of, like, the top three promos in the company. <laughs> like, for somebody that actually, like, works in the ring. We then head off to our fifth match of the Alliance. Nikolai Volkov. Tito Santana and the Bushwhackers of Butch and Luke versus the Mercenaries of Sergeant Slaughter, Boris Zukov and the Orient Express of Sato and Tanaka with Mr. Fuji and General Adnan. Gorilla and Piper, as everyone's coming out, they're talking about the egg. And Piper says, Mm -hmm. the last time I saw an egg that big, Millie Vanilli laid it. Yeah, that's... That was kind of funny. It's weird to see this and then, like, know that stuff. Because I know, like, I grew up watching just, like, shitloads of VH1 and, like, behind the music and stuff. So, yeah, it's just weird because... It was right around this time that Millie Vanilli, like, admitted. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know I got all that. But it's just, like, it's weird to watch old wrestling stuff and then, like, tie it into things that you do remember as a kid or whatever and it's like you look at it and you're like man this looks like crap but then you'll have like your memories and it's just it's just weird that we used to watch tv in terrible quality and we remember it in better quality than it actually existed in mean gene grabs slaughter on his way out to the ring and sergeant says he only salutes the flag of the iraqi nation and this is a personal note, but his cadence is really annoying as he just runs down all the American traditions of Thanksgiving. Yes. I would say that this is ass. 
this promo is not good. It's ass, it's loud, and it's like, yo, you need to be doing this back behind there, like on a screen, so everybody boos him when he comes out, or he does it in the ring, and it's shorter, but it's just like, I yeah, don't care, and I can't way hear too it. Long. How did you feel about what Macho was wearing? Very bizarre. I was like, he's ready for Christmas. It's like, it was red and white stripes. He was like the real tugboat. He was the, uh, <laughs> what's bigger than a tugboat? He was a ferry? Battleship. Battleship? Oh, well, he's definitely a battleship. So we've seen General Adnan before. He was Sheik Adnan El Kazi yeah. at AWA Super Clash 3, which was episode 23. And the match gets started, and Zukov is punched back into the Alliance corner, is then tossed to the ropes and hit with a double-team clothesline by the Bushwhackers. Tito's running the ropes, ducks a Zukov clothesline, and comes back with a flying forearm for the pin. And Boris Zukov boom, boom, is boom. eliminated. You know what I really love is Nikolai Volkov's crazy, weird, high-pitched voice stuff he does in the ring. You knew, Did you catch that? I didn't. Uh, were you... I mean, I wouldn't say go back and watch I'm this. Not going to. But he gets like very like vocally animated later in this match, and I was like, well, okay. It at least added something to this. Sato's then in with to attack Santana with a hook kick, holds Tito as Tanaka comes in with a savat kick, but Chico moves and Sato takes the blow. No, Dust not Dusty, I'm sorry. It's not Chico, his name is Tito Santana. Ariba. The Ariba man? And and Jesse Ventura's not here anymore, so you need to stop, man. I did it one more time for love. Sure you did. I don't fucking believe you. Luke with shoulder tackles, clotheslines on Tanaka, and the Bushwhackers hit the battering ram on Sato for the pin. Sato is eliminated. You're telling me Sato's already out of this match? I am. Tanaka does something to Luke, but the camera misses it and goes for a jumping knee <laughs> drop. But Luke moves to tag in Santana, who hits Tanaka with the flying forearm... For the pin. Yeah. And Tanaka is eliminated. Arriba. Volkov into attack slaughter, hits multiple knees, and tries for a big boot. But Sarge catches the foot and spins him around, hitting a clothesline and multiple elbow drops. Sarge then rams Nikolai headfirst into the turnbuckle, hits a drop kick, a snapmare, and another elbow drop for the pin. Ugh. Volkov. And Nikolai Volkov is eliminated. Butch in with lefts and rights. Luke in with a double-team body slam. A double-team clothesline for a two-count. Luke with a flying back elbow, and he goes to the top rope to come off with a splash. But Slaughter gets his knees up. Gut buster, baby. He then hits the gut buster for the pin. Bushwhacker Luke is eliminated. I'm all about less bushwhackers. I don't care how they get out of the ring. I'm all for less of all these people. I mean, yeah, but some, there's something about the Bushwhackers that really rubbed me wrong. That's why this match is 10 minutes long, because they knew. It's one minute for every really guy that needs to get eliminated, yeah. But Tito, come on. Tito's the best guy Tito here, Tito right? and Sarge are the two best guys in here. But Sarge gets points deducted for ass promo. Exactly. Butch attacks from behind. Sarge with the reversed Irish whip to send the Bushwhacker chest first into the turnbuckle who then stumbles out into a clothesline from Slaughter to be pinned. And Bushwhacker Butch is eliminated. Bum, bum, bum. Tito with a drop kick yes. to send Sarge headfirst into the ring post. Oh, big old pop from the A crowd. back body drop, goes to the top rope, and comes off with a forearm for a near fall. Slaughter's tossed to the corner. Santana goes for a monkey flip, 
but mm-hmm. Sarge is able to hold on to the ropes. You thought he was going to monkey flip Sergeant Slaughter's big old ass. So Tito goes flying to the mat. We get a swinging neck breaker, a back breaker, vertical suplex by Slaughter, all for two counts. Yeah, while well, Adnan is speaking pig Latin on the outside, uh, at least that's the language that Roddy Piper informed me that he was using. Sarge goes for a knee drop, but Santana moves. And Tito goes for a bulldog, but Slaughter tosses him off right into the ref. Ref bump. Elbows to the back of the head, tosses Santana to the ropes, who comes back with a flying forearm. And General Adnan comes into the ring, hitting Tito in the back with the flag. And Sarge locks on the camel clutch. That's all. Yeah, he has. He hits him with a flagstaff. He puts him the camel clutch. The ref taps Slaughter on the shoulder, so he relinquishes the hold and begins to celebrate. But the official announcement is Sergeant Slaughter has been disqualified, so Tito Santana is your survivor. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's like a weird DQ. He was was down, the ref was down, but he still saw the DQ, but he didn't call for the bell right away. Mm -hmm. He waited until he got over. And then, of course, Shane McMahon's on the outside, and he sees all of it and doesn't do anything about it. You know what my biggest takeaway from this match is? There was already five heels and only two faces, so they needed another face, so they couldn't have... So they were like, Tito's going to win. No, no, it was that like your anti-USA uh, team lost to the Hispanic guy. And I'm like, oh, well, that's a win. Maybe we shouldn't build that wall. Tito, Tito, yeah, Tito Tito won something finally, and I like Tito. I miss Strike Force, even though they didn't last long enough. And I'm still mad about Strike Force. Are you like the number one Strike Force fan? Kind of like Strike Force. Kind of like Tito. Aren't doing anything with him. And they finally got to do something. And Rick Martel's doing something. They never even had a good blow off for that feud. And I like that feud. And I'm still bitter. And I'm glad to see anything good happen to Tito. Sean Mooney's then in the back with the Visionaries and Ted DiBiase. Martel says, We have the unity, the teamwork. Combine that with the money and resources of the Million Dollar Man. But what is up with his weird accent? What is that? He's French. He went to Paris. Did he? Is that what it was? Yeah. It's fucking... That's why he wasn't at the last pay-per-view, because he was in Paris. He was in Paris? Yeah, learning how to send stuff from... It sounds bizarre. DiBiase's then, there's lots of bad blood between Hogan and Warrior, and I don't think they can work together. They can? We'll find out. Um... We get another ad for that main event four where DiBiase and Warrior are going to face each other the next night. Yes, I know I was excited about that. It sounds like a good match, right? It does sound like a good match. Are we going to watch it? No. Is it a bad match? I don't know. Should I watch it? Sure, why not? <laughs> okay. Mean Jeans then at the egg. Mean Jeans playing up that the egg should be hatching. He's like, The incubation oh, is over. Oh, I can hear it. Yes, of course you can. Like, I can't believe that I came into this show and I was like, oh, they said the egg? This is that show? And I got really pumped up. And then, like, the second match came, comes, comes on and the motherfucking Undertaker shows up. And I was like, oh, greatest show ever, right? We all know what's about to happen, right? If you don't know, you're about to know. Matt really hates this. I think it's charming. I don't hate it. I just it's think it just bad. goes on way it's too bad. long and it's dumb. It's obviously dumb. You know what's really funny is we talked about how like the last show we just watched we were like, Cornette leaves. We all know Jim Cornette and his feelings about wrestling. 
he leaves. They come to the show that just does what we're about to talk about. <laughs> Cornette's not in the WWF at this point. Yeah, but he's he's just he's about to leave. He goes and does his own little thing for a oh, few years. Never mind. Okay. Yeah, he doesn't show up until like the mid nineties. Yeah. My bad. Anyway, the incubation is over. And uh, wherever it came from, it had to hurt. Mean Gene is selling this egg. And he doesn't know what it is. It could be a dino, dinosaur, a rabbit, balloons, maybe even the playmate of the month. It would have been much more interesting if it had been the playmate of the Especially month. Especially if she was like really big. Like still hot, but like 10 feet tall. You know, like one of those avatars. That seems weird, but okay. <laughs> yeah, it is weird. <laughs> but we're going for weird here, right? It's already weird. But the egg finally cracks, and a huge guy in a... Chicken suit. Mediocre turkey suit comes out. Okay, turkey suit. Yeah, media, and the crowd immediately boos. You can hear Piper laughing as well. <laughs> I mean, Piper is, not, is like shoot laughing. But the best thing, I can picture Vince in the back. Loving it. Ah, it's so great. Oh, that's good S word. Yes, that's good shit. Mean Gene really plays us up so well. He like His jokes are so good. He says that... What's the, with the, the gobbly? Yeah, was, you the gobbledy gooker? Oh, man. He says you got a pair of legs like my mother-in-law. Don't tell me. Don't tell me you're the gobbledy gooker. God. You want me to what? Not, not in front of an audience like this. He's like, you want me to what? But he's seriously, Mean Gene is... He's playing along with it. So well, though. That's my, that's my point, is that like Mean Gene is really doing like some of the best, the best fucking shit. Like, he's really... T- Taking chicken shit and making turkey salad. No, he's not. He is. I think he is. And what's this weird, crowd hates this. This crowd hates this, but they it does start to get over once no, Hector Guerrero, who is the good, when he starts doing flips and stuff in the ring, it gets over a little bit. And Mean Gene is like playing along, and it's really fun. And everybody should watch this. It's great. The Gooker drags Gene to the ring. They start doing the turkey trot. Yes, it's awesome. The Gooker does some acrobatic stuff and he's like hey Gene you should do it too I mean he doesn't say it but he's oh, like yeah. he's like pointing like hey you do it too but it's so stupid and but then Gene, Gene doesn't, does stuff and Gene like, doesn't even like he goes along with it and it's I mean, it's pure professional it's beautiful Gene's the best thing about this segment easily and the other best thing about this but segment is that they thought that this would be a good idea and it's such a bad idea that it's a beautiful train wreck I, it's a train wreck that's, that's I, definitely true I uh I love it, and I'm glad it's here, as opposed to one of my favorite things that's not on this show, which is a five versus five tag team match where there's uh, 20 27, people, 27 on the people on the ring. Yeah, yeah, 20 people on the on the apron, and then like four managers. So I'm, I would much rather take this, even though I actually like wrestling. At least this is a moment, a moment that is never forgotten, consistently talked about. It's not talked about. That's not true. Unless people are like, you know what one of the worst moments in WWF history is? The gobbledygooker. I mean, it's no Katie Vick. That's a worse moment. <laughs> but yeah, I guess I'll move on. But I like, this is the goofy shit that I'm here for in WWF where I'm like, ah, this is goofy, stupid shit. But like, when they go way over the top with stuff where I'm like, man, can't believe you right now is, like, when I'm kind of, like, the most lenient. Because, like, when it has nothing to do with wrestling you know is the, when I'm the most lenient. You know what the best part about this entire segment was? 
when it ended. Yeah, I know. You're well, that too, but I didn't have to take any notes because there wasn't anything that happened. It was great. So Sean Mooney's then in the back with Hogan, Warrior, and if Tito Santana. If Gobbledygooker was on the airplane, 9-11 wouldn't have happened. <laughs> you can cut that. I don't even know that. <laughs> that. That was uh, the rib on, uh, uh, what's the guy's name that said if he was on the airplane? I have no clue. Oh, really? Uh, it's Marky Mark, Mark Wahlberg. He said if he uh, was on the airplane, it wouldn't have gone down like that. Oh, okay. So it's a joke I like to make. Mooney's talking to him saying the odds are stacked against you. It's three versus five. Don't worry, little dude. I love the way Hulk Hogan says dude. Hogan's like, the warrior has risen so fast because of his intensity. Tito's in like, you turkeys, we're here to survive. And then we get another warrior promo. You have it? Yeah, of course I have it. Oh my it. god, thank you. We have taken this many footsteps to get this far. The Hulkamaniacs that made a sacrifice. And the warriors that follow me that fell like skeletons that made their sacrifices. <laughs> they walk with us in this battle. And we take all of those that believe in one purpose to do combat with those that believe they, they are, are the, the greatest. greatest. You, power and glory, I remind you that we feed off such things. And you, Rick the Model Martel, no competition to the power that we possess in Hulkamania, in Warrior Wildness, and Ariba Derchi. <laughs> the best lot, the best thing is when he says Ariba Derchi. The skeleton thing. I, do you think that he just watched, like, Jason the Argonauts and got, like, really <laughs> into skeletons? <laughs> like, why is he so on this skeleton thing? I have no clue. I mean, Jason the Argonauts, great. I'm more of a Clash of the Titans guy, he but both great. He great doesn't movies. even know why he's on the skeleton thing. <laughs> it just sounds like a cool word to say. Uh, I love it. So we're headed off to our sixth match, the grand finale match. Of Rick the Model Martel, Power and Glory of Hercules and Paul Roma, Uh the Warlord, and the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, with Slick and Virgil, (sighs) versus Hulk Hogan, Tito Santana, and and Ultimate Ultimate Warrior. I uh, was kind of, I was like, I can't, I figured it would just be hogan and warrior i kind of forgot that tito won at this point and i was like oh well good for tito even though it just happened but you know why tito's you know why you forgot because of the stupid gobbledygooker hey you back off my gooker you know what i kind of wish i wish that virgil like learned to work or something because he just looks like he'd probably be fun in the ring and maybe you'll find out soon enough oh my gosh so he's bad workers what you're telling me santana goes right after warlord and hogan throws a right hand as well then Tito hits the flying forearm for the pin, and the Warlord is eliminated. Give me, yeah, come on, I justice for Tito. This shit makes me feel so good. You know what I mean? Maybe I obviously don't feel the same way. Roma's stomping away at Santana, hitting a power slam. DiBiase with the knee drop, vertical suplex. Million Dollar Man then tosses Tito to the ropes and misses a clothesline, but Santana turns to hit a clothesline of his own. I can't even talk. Tito with a back body drop goes for the flying forearm, but DiBiase ducks and Santana hits the mat hard. Boo. Million Dollar Man sends Tito to the ropes, misses a clothesline, and catches Santana coming back with a fez press to hit a falling rubber band slam for the pin. And Tito Santana is eliminated. I mean, it really takes the wind out of my sails. But it looked really good. 
Maybe they should have gotten the Gooker on the team. <sighs> he Hogan then with right hands on Dubiasi. What's your Irish whip to the corner. I'm so upset Follows with in with a kick to the midsection and slams Million Dollar Man's head on a Warrior's boot. Tosses him to the ropes but ducks his head, allowing DiBiase to hit a knee lift and a clothesline. Hercules is working on Hulk's back, clotheslines. Roma comes off the top rope with a single sledgehammer to the top of the head and more work on the back. Martel with double axe handles across the back. Herc with right hands starts slamming the Hulkster's head into the turnbuckle. DiBiase then comes in with a second rope double axe handle, a knee drop, and multiple falling fists for a two count. I just love seeing Hulk take anything, even if it's only hits to the back. You know, the thing in the wrestling that hurts the most. Hercules then lifts Hogan up to the top rope, and power and glory hit the powerplex. But Hulk <sighs> kicks out and stands right up. You know how I feel about this. Hogan with the clothesline on Roma oh, for off. the pin. Shut up. And Paul Roma dude, is eliminated. Dude, like Hercules and Paul Roma have been around for so long. They're here. They do their big move. They like He completely no-sells it. Like I don't know about you, but I think that's fucking horseshit. We'll talk more about it later. Oh my god, I'm so upset. Martel rushes in to continue the attack, tossing Hulk to the ropes, but ducks his head, allowing Hogan to kick him and make the hot tag. I don't even have the energy for it. I'm so upset. <laughs> Warrior in with kicks, back body drops, knocks DiBiase and Herc to the apron, and starts no-selling the model's punches, body slams, and face plants Martel. I know. I saw Hulk it with the big boot, clothesline to send the model to the floor. And Rick Martell just says he's done with it, and so he's counted out and eliminated. I thought that was at least moderately fun. Still angry. At least they were like, "Well, we're gonna use Martell maybe later." Yeah. Probably not. But I mean, they had more. They had more hope for him as a heel than they did for fucking Roma and Hercules. Hogan has his head slammed by DiBiase before reversing an Irish whip. Follows in the clothesline, the Million Dollar Man. Hulk pulls DiBiase out of the corner by his feet, then knocks Hercules off the apron, hits the big boot and leg drop for the pin, and Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase is eliminated. Herc <sighs> runs in to immediately receive a power slam from the Hulkster. Warriors in with multiple clothesline, a flying shoulder tackle, and the Warrior Splash. Hogan jumps in to help count the one, two, three. Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior are your survivors. Can you describe my face? It's a look, the same look that I had when I was watching the Gobbledygooker. Oh, fuck you. Gobbledygooker's fun! Post-match, Slick jumps in the ring to receive a right hand from Warrior and is tossed from the ring by the two survivors. Hogan holds the ropes open for Warrior, but Warrior's like, no. I'm gonna hold the ropes for you. And then we do some Hogan posing before they're both on the apron raising their hands together. As Gorilla says his goodbye, as we get another ad for Royal Rumble 1991. So Michael Temple, what are your overall thoughts of Survivor Series 1990? This last match is really disrespectful to some talent. But it's WWF. Whatever. I think the thing that really fucked me up, that really just like 
made me flatline was when Hogan jumps in to help count. Kind of made me want to vomit. Mm-hmm. That's the moment, right? Like that didn't. If that didn't happen, I'd be like, whatever. It's kind of what I expected. I didn't like there's, all the there, other stuff, there but are that was so the, many things in this last match that is fucking not wrestling. That's just not dumb. wrestling. That's like it's not wrestling. What the fuck are we doing? It's not wrestling. What the it is not wrestling at all. It is fucking make believe. It is fucking fucking ballet. It is a fucking fucking first grade play. It is. Not wrestling. I'm gonna Jim Cornette about it. It's fucking like none of it makes any sense, and there's like no realism or even like. Let's just let's get I'm into mad. it right now. I'm, I'm mad. Ready, I'm ready to get into I'm it. Mad. Right now. I didn't so, realize I was so mad. I'm gonna start at the beginning of this match. Okay, you go. Warlord, yes, gets a flying forearm from Tito. Mm-hmm. Twenty-eight seconds into this match, yeah. What did they do in the first Visionaries match? They made Warlord look like a boss, fucking badass. And Warlord, and then is in big... twenty-eight seconds, yes, I know um, you like Tito. I do I too. Like, I like Tito as He's well. He's too small to be doing that on for on one but move. But twenty-eight seconds no. into the match, no, Warlord's going to take a flying forearm and be and be pinned. Yeah, that's dumb. It's very dumb. Very dumb. Tito should have at least maybe it's a time issue, but Tito should have at least sold for a little while. Maybe got a maybe maybe had a wrestling moment. I know they're just probably running short on time, so they had to get people pinned and out of the ring. I get but it. But maybe they shouldn't have booked something so ignorant. Exactly. Hogan stealing heat from every single person in this ring. Absolutely. So From Power and Glory. Power how and are you Glo- gonna steal heat from somebody who doesn't have how, heat? How are you gonna like Power oh, and Glory man. are I'm in so the upset. are in the tag division. Yes. Hogan, you're you are nowhere not... you're nowhere near the tag division. No. Why do you need to kick out of their of their finisher. They're, they're big double finisher. Like, don't even have Hogan... Have Tito take that. Yes. And kick out of... And not kick out of it. That's how Tito mm-hmm. gets out of the match. That makes more Tito, sense. Tito rolls up one of them. And then and then flying forearms the other. Warlord comes in. No, and Warlord pins him. You, you knock the model. Hogan does the big boot. But instead of going for the leg drop... He then clotheslines him out of the ring. He Martel is the only person that walks out of this ring with, with any, any heat, heat at all. Any heat at all. And it's because, like, where is he going to do with that? He didn't pin him. What's he going to do with that heat? Fuck He's going to fight all. Fight Jake the Snake Roberts. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Fuck all. DiBiase. We pin DiBiase. Bef- the, the night before he, he is supposed Warrior. to fight Warrior on TV. I hate it so much. Who the fuck is turning in the next night to... Who thinks DiBiase can beat Warrior if he can't even beat Hogan? Who's not the champion? Who's not the champion? You've just stolen all of his heat. DiBiase should have fucking pinned Warrior. Or not, pinned Hogan. And then and then Warrior beats him. You got a rubber match immediately. Exactly. Or even if you don't want that to happen, you uh, have keep Tito around longer and at least he gets one pin in the match. Tito should have gotten. Tito should have lasted longer. Tito should have lasted. Tito should have lasted longer. He should have been pinned by the powerplex, probably. Mm-hmm. Warrior and DiBiase should have probably been a double countout, fighting, brawling to the back or something like that. Yeah, yeah. That would have made more sense. And then if Hogan, I'm, I know Warrior needs to be there, and that's the other thing. But the, Warrior, the, whole, the whole holding of the ropes and the counting of the one, two, three. Fucking gross. That's Hogan stealing 
Warriors Heat. It is gross. It's disgusting, and I hate it. It's making all the attention on him. It's gross. It's you really know, a him holding the ropes for Warrior. It seems like a genuine thing, but it's but a little too then, late. He already he's had the belt for a like, second. Warrior is never considered the top guy in the company because he because won't let, he won't Hogan allow him to. continues to just steal all the heat. It sucks. I hate it. Now that we've said all that, oh my god, I, I'm going to tell you what my thoughts on the show were. Go ahead. We all know that we don't care for the Survivor Series. This is probably the best one we've watched. I agree, even though we just ranted. I'm still with you. There. But it's it's a Hogan rant. It's not a Survivor it, Series rant. Exactly. Like, it doesn't... It's... Yeah. What you said. What you said, you said, and I agree. But the second match on this show... Incredible. The debut of Undertaker... Incredible. And the last four minutes with DiBiase and Hart... Incredible. They made me pop. Yeah. And I absolutely love that match. It's great. And... It's up there on my contenders for match of when like, we do our next when we do our next greatest hits of collection. Like, well, we're doing like decades, right? Uh, we'll do 90, 90, 91, 92. We're, we kind of okay. have them in segments. Okay, we okay. have seasons. Basically. I, be- I believe you. But the booking decisions that they made that made absolutely no sense. Yes. Hurt the final product. I mean, I know you you need Warrior to be there at the end. Yeah. But Hogan should have not been there at the end. Warrior no. should have been standing and alone. He, like, Hogan should have brawled with if, if Martel. You're, if you're not going to have DiBiase pin Warrior to build heat for the next night. No, no. Then then Warrior needs to get disqualified and he pins. But Hogan's never going to get pinned. Hogan's never going to get pinned. That's have we ever point. seen Hogan pinned? Andre technically pending in that double... Bullshit. Yeah. Match. Well, we. But it's it's all been smaws. Yeah. Wait, wait. Warrior got the belt off of. Um, Warrior pending at yeah. WrestleMania. But so. that was like, yeah. But that's that's different because you had Warrior and Hogan in this whole. Yeah. Thing. Yeah, yeah. What other thoughts do you have? Uh, I'm sorry. It's it's mostly our, fine. Our, like our, the thing rant, is, like our I was I was overtaking. I was pretty okay with this show, but then as you were working through the last match. Looking at my notes, I'm looking at your notes, I'm listening to you talk through the match, I'm reliving the match, and I'm just getting, like, upset, annoyed. I'm like, what is this? What is this? Undertaker. Bret Hart. Oh, yes, thank you. Hey. Uh, good vibes, mm, good vibes. Mm, mm. Gobbledygooker. Go- oh, you know that I'm, um, I want to be the Gooker Man. Thank you, Gooker Man. Really, nothing on this is, like upsetting except for the last match it's all mostly I mean, literally fine. the first honestly well that's not true the butch luke volkov shit is yeah the fifth shit. match is is all a bunch of mid carters but everything no else i about. think is pretty uh watchable like first I mean, match the last, pretty watchable. the last match is watchable it's just the way they did things just, I mean, it's watchable. It's just really upsetting because that's we've the, been, that's we the are Hulk haters. That's the smart mark in us. Yeah, we're, we're that's Hulk. like looking at it, like knowing the bigger picture. It's also like we're watching this all in order with like hindsight, and we're just like, we're like, fuck, man, Hulk doesn't do shit. Exactly. Fuck this guy. Fuck this guy. I mean, we're not thinking that when we watch this in 1990. No, no, of course not. Because we're not looking at it like that. But I'm just getting upset because I'm like, man, there's all these guys around you that are so that have so much more fucking like 
talent, and I want to see a wrestling match sometimes. And I know where I need to go for a wrestling match. It's typically going to be a tag one. But I'm going to need to go to the NWA, WCW for a fucking wrestling, wrestling match. match. Yeah. And here, I'm not getting a wrestling match. I'm getting... Sports entertainment. And I'm not in, like... I'm down with the fun, but I'm not down with... I'm the not, sickness? I'm not down with the sickness. And the sickness is Hulk Hogan. And uh, he's throwing up fucking red and yellow soup down my throat. And I fucking just can't evacuate it quick enough i've had enough but that being said you know the best match obviously was a million dollar team in the and the yeah it's hard to remember the the dream team basically homeboy showing up we see the undertaker Undertaker shows up he's absolutely great and then the match after that of the visionaries and the vipers uh i thought was also very entertaining uh, Marty Jannetty uh, bounces his ass off. Snook always looks great. Jake is over, but, you know, he probably could have been more over if he was over with his bosses and not getting fucked up. Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? There. All right. Fuck you. I think it's time we smart it up. Oh, what did we just do? It's true. We kind of, we kind of <laughs> it's did. It's hard not to. But we didn't really talk about the best moments uh, of the show. Okay. I'm going to tell you some of my favorite moments of this show. Thank you. Bobby Heenan taking bumps. Bobby Heenan took bumps that like hurt me because I was like, ugh. Like in the first I was match, like, he's going to he get gets, hurt. He's he like, gets thrown over the guardrail in the first match. He goes he, over the top turnbuckle in one. He, gets the, he does the, the flare flip oh in another God. match. That is a good point and I appreciate you bringing it up. But it was hard for me to watch because I'm like, dude, he gets can't be hurt off, He gets knocked off the apron in another match. It's just like, I think Bobby actually probably took the best bumps of the entire night. Yeah, yeah. He took more, yeah, not necessarily more bumps, but... He may have taken more bumps than Hogan. Well, I mean, I think Hogan may have taken more bumps tonight than he has in the last fucking eight years. That's true. The Hitman, uh, uh, it was all a ruse, knee injury. So good. It was good. Bret Hart, I feel like this was the Bret Hart coming out party. I feel like it was, too. I was like, oh, man. I, I was like, I, I want to see more Hitman singles matches after oh. this. And well, it also was one of those things where it's like, okay, well, maybe it'll also be like that for Sean, but it wasn't. Like, Marty, Marty, Janet, still, Mar- looked Marty, better than Marty still looks better than Sean, but like, Brett, I was like, oh, I've been kind of waiting for both those guys to come out, and I'm like, when is it going to happen? When is it going to happen? And I felt like this was where like, Brett really just fucking shined. And it was in a match with the guy, the guy that becomes like the. He's like, he's basically old faithful. You know what I mean? Like, he's like Vince McMahon's, like, like he's always got The Undertaker. He's like, I've always got this guy, and we can always make it work. And it was with Brother Love. Eventually, we'll get old Percy Pringle. I don't think Brother Love's going to stick around too long with The Undertaker. Not too long. Most disappointing, other than our rant about Hogan, because we've already, we've already done that. Uh, I don't know, that it was Survivor Series. <laughs> like, I really don't. I can't be too upset. I knew what I was getting into. I think it was one of the more painless uh, Survivor Series, even though we ranted harder. I mean, that they had all those mid-carters in that one match. I mean, luckily, they only gave it ten minutes. Are you talking about the, the second-to-last su- match? Sergeant Slaughter. Yeah. I mean, so, that's the most disappointing match for sure. The only good thing that happened in that was Tito running wild. Tito running wild, and then um, I believe it was Volkov. He had a bunch of weird yells, and I was like, "This is fucking bizarre." Because he just like he was like 
yelping in the ring, and I was like, this sounds weird coming from that man. But yeah, I was really disappointed. It was honestly the biggest disappointment, Sergeant Slaughter. Really? Yeah, he sucked as a heel. And, uh, yeah, that, and his, that promo his, was His promo really sucked so bad that I didn't care what he did in the ring. That's true. I was like, yo, I don't even care. I just want it to be over. He got no heat from me. Maybe it's because um, Desert Shield isn't happening right now. But it just was like, it sounded bad. It wasn't clear. And I, he got no heat out of me. Wasn't even interested before it started. And then it happened. And like he could have, he could have, he could have. Hopefully, he gets some heat for you by the next time we see him. Hopefully, I think Sergeant Slaughter has a great look, but I have uh, I've never watched a lot of Slaughter. How about best performer of the night? Tito, Bret Hart, and potentially Heenan. Heenan. Heenan's bumps. I, yeah. I, I literally was right there with you. Heenan, Tito, and Bret Hart. Yeah, were my top three. It's one of those things that's like, oh, if Tito didn't show back up, then him and Brett probably would have been tied. Or maybe Brett would have got it, but Tito had to come back. I mean, Tito was fine in the last match, but that match was not designed yeah. for Tito to do anything. No, no. He was just there to for numbers, basically. Yeah. I don't know. It was, it, it was a show. I'm glad that it was about a good 30 minutes shorter than most Survivor Series. Or at least it felt that way. No, it's, it was. It was only like 2.20 instead of like 2.50. I think the other ones have been two and a half hours as well. Really? Well, yeah. this one was easier to watch. Exactly. How about most surprising? Taker. Undertaker. Taker, Gooker. I'm surprised the that Gooker. you enjoyed the Gooker. Oh, dude, I like that. I think that's the most surprising thing It was thing fun. Well, I've known about it for a long time, and I finally had like a good excuse to watch it, and I wasn't ready for it to show up, and I was like kind of anticipating it. Yeah. Um, for me, it's the the Gooker Taker. <laughs> that just weirds me out that you like. Well, it. the thing is, like you know that, like I know you like the fun stuff, but that but just, like it wasn't fun. I think, but Mean Gene, it's fun because Mean Gene, and I think Mean Gene was incredible there to the point where like I like got like teary emotional about how good Mean Gene was I in situations. Big bitch. I am a big bitch, but like Mean Gene's just like. Being like, oh, this is terrible, and like, just making, just playing into it, not being shitty about it, and just like owning it, having good jokes, like doing the thing. It was just like, oh man, you're just so damn good. Like, I don't know that a lot of people could have really done that, and maybe it didn't work for some people. I mean, obviously it didn't. It obviously it didn't, didn't work, work for, for anybody. But I think that like viewing it with the appreciation for what Mean Gene did stuck in a shit situation really props up his capabilities his yeah his capabilities behind a microphone and in high pressure situations it's like sixteen thousand people and he has to dance with a turkey and he does it fucking beautifully it's great and now for a look back even farther into the history of wrestling the dusty finish during Pedro Morales' three-year run as the heavyweight champion, the WWWF would quietly rejoin the NWA, but would retain their title history. But it would end December 1st, 1973 in Philadelphia, when Morales would hit a belly-to-back suplex on Stan Stasiak. And as the ref made the count, Stasiak would get his shoulder up while Morales' shoulders stayed down. 
Stan Stasiak, born in Quebec in 1937, would make his wrestling debut in 1958, using the bear hug as a finisher. Later in his career, he would adopt the heart punch. Throughout his career, Crusher would win countless championships around the country and infuriating fans far and wide with his antagonizing behavior. On that day in Philly, he would become the fifth man to hold the championship and would be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame for his achievements. But a former world champion would be his very next opponent at the mecca of pro wrestling, Madison Square Garden. Next week, Starcade 1990. Ooh, Starcade without Flair on top. He is not on top. This is the first time, right? He's not the champion. He is not the champion. He won the champion in 83. Well, yeah, but he wins it. He does. So it's like, oh, he's on... He's. I don't know where he is on the card for Starcade night. What if he wasn't on the card? That would blow my mind. That would be weird. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he just had that tag match. I don't know. Uh, I'm excited for a Starcade. NWA has been really weird because it's been up and down. And like after such the great uh, year that eighty nine was oh my god ninety NWA but the thing is, has like, just been super weird with all the booking decisions yeah but the the ta- like you have the best tags some of the yeah. like the, some of the best tag teams I would imagine of all time let the Steiners headline the show why not that works for me yeah Steiners Steiners Doom for thirty minutes give it to me. I'll take it. I don't know if I could handle Doom for 30 minutes. Oh, give... That's too many headlocks for me. Ah, uh, come on. You know that I'm... What I'm saying is the truth. I know, but I like Doom. I mean, Doom... Doom doesn't need 30 minutes. That's true. No. They need 12 minutes at best. Come on. Maybe more, more than that. Maybe more than that. Music from this week's show is the theme from Survivor Series 1990 and Unstable by Jim Johnston as Warrior's still our champion and... He was a survivor, so yeah. I don't play that one. I don't. I we're never playing Real American ever again. Hopefully, I love Real American. It's a great song. Oh my god! But we've heard it way too many times. After this, like, I hate to be the the Hogan haters, but we're part of that fan club. Oh my god! With it, I don't. Well, I'm gonna stop. I'm just gonna stop. If you like our takes on Hogan, you can always go out there to iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you find your podcast at, and give us those five-star ratings, give us a review, let everyone know what you think about us. Five stars or no stars? Five stars or no stars? How many five-star matches has Hulk Hogan ever had? Probably a no star. Uh, I mean, you know, maybe in Japan he had to work with a real match. Maybe he had to bump for uh, Inoki. If you like any of our takes, or if you don't like any of our takes and you want to let us know, you can always email us at WrestlingHistoryX at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at WrestlingHistoX. That's Wrestling H-I-S-T-O-X. Meet me at the Star King. Next week, yeah. See you then.